welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. Yes, it's that time. It is time to get your brain on positive. And I am Jackie Simmons. I am the host of your show. And today I am super excited. Why? Because there's nothing better than getting great content into the world. And my guest today is doing that. So welcome into the studio, Chris Felton. Hey, Chris. Jackie, I'm excited. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Ah, You're very, very welcome. All right. The journey to go into being an author is one that is um, daunting for most people. What prompted you to go on that journey? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm 51. When I turned 50, Jackie, I realized for the first time in my life, I'm not getting out of this thing alive, which is okay. <laughs> like, it sounds funny, but I'm like, that was the first time in my life. I'm like, I'm probably going to die at some point. And, uh, okay. And then, uh, I have a friend in, in my company, same age, went from healthy stroke, dead seven days and it hit me like a hammer and uh and i'm like dude you gotta get this this book done this kind of manifesto of your life and you better get it done and i was very fortunate one of my uh friends and mentors a guy guy named steve siebold literally reached out to me the week later and he's like hey i've heard you speak i know your story it's time to do it so all that stuff kind of lined up and everything changed. And I, I went all in. It was about a year ago. Cool. Well, you just described exactly what's been on my mind lately, which is this energetic alignment. Um, we're doing, and I don't know if you even know, but we're doing an intuitive immersion experience. And the reason we're doing it is because these synchronicities happen and most people are not aware of the power of intention. You made a decision and the universe lined everything up for you. Yeah. Life gets easy when you realize that. All right. Think and Grow You. Interesting title for a book. So my first hit, if I didn't know the subtitle, I'd go, oh, my God, this book's going to be a lot of work. But that's not the way you designed it. So what inspired you to put however many stories that are in there. I mean, there was story after story. So what inspired you to do it that way? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I, I, I have a good friend, his name will remain unnamed, but uh, he wrote a book and it became a bestseller and he threw the kitchen sink in the book. Like it was just, I still haven't finished it and I'm a voracious reader. And once again, I, I had a, a coach, someone that sold, you know, 3 million copies and he's done, you know, thousands of book signings. And he said, Chris, the feedback I always get from people is simple to read, easy to read. And so I set it up in simple, easy teaching, kind of my point of view on a personal development topic. People probably heard of it, right? There's no new concepts in there, but it's my point of view. And then it's more of my personal story of how I actually applied it to get 
unstuck in many areas of my life. So the idea of the book is to help people get unstuck because we get stuck and we don't know how to get unstuck. And so I uh, share my dirty laundry and I share, I share all my secrets of this is how messed up I was. This is what I did to change. And then here was a result in, uh, in many areas of my life. So. So let's pick one because the subtitle, how to get out of your own way and level up your life. How to get out of your own way. Getting stuck is a synonymous with being in your own way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get, getting out of your own way, meaning, you know, and, and that's basically what the book is about is there's so many ways that we do it. And, you know, one of my quotes is, my back was against the wall, Jackie. I was stuck in so many areas of my life. I was $250,000 in credit card debt. Um, my kids were small. I live in Denver. They live in Atlanta. I'm in financial services. We're in the Great Recession. We're It's just nasty, nasty time. My wife and I have the blowout of all blowout fights. She starts counting on her fingers, which is just not good, right, Jackie? When a woman starts counting on their fingers, you're in trouble. My wife's name's Marlo, Volcanic Marlo, and she's she's laying into me. And then I said, "Well, why why are we still married?" It was it was a little more uh, animated than that. I'm like, "Why are we still married?" And then, boom, quiet, fight stops. She goes upstairs to ponder, should I stay or should I go? And I was there by myself. And it was the most enlightening moment of my life where I realized wherever I've had a problem in my life, I've always been there. And I was the common denominator to the whole mess. Up to that point, it was my ex-wife's fault. It was my team's fault. It was the recession. It was, the, I mean, you fill in the blank. But it literally, Jackie, it was like dominoes falling, financial relationships. I was drinking too much. My energy was bad. My spiritual life was out of whack. It was just all dominoes. And I was the common theme in that. So I don't know if anybody could be more stuck than I was at that point. But with my back against the wall, I made a choice that I, Chris Felton, created it. I, Chris Felton had to make the necessary changes. And I went all in like an Olympic athlete would with their sport. All right. I was just going to talk that one out. Step yeah. one, you went all in. What happened first? What did you do first? Well, I, Marlo and I got back together the next day and uh, thank God. She's like, we're not, getting divorced. We're not getting jobs. We're not declaring bankruptcy. She's like, I'm going to figure out what world-class wealthy couples do. So we actually wrote a book 11 years ago called Couples Money that came out of this. Um, So she got on planes, trains, and automobiles and just interviewed what I call world-class couples. They had wealth in every area of their life, not just money. And then I told her, I was going to figure out how my mindset kept creating 
broke because how can a financial advisor and a CPA have money challenges? So I got up early, I journaled, I read, I visualized. I mean, if you would have told me to stand on my head for an hour, if it was going to change my situation, I was going to do it. I was going to do whatever it took. But slowly but surely, and one of my favorite quotes of Mel Robbins is, it doesn't work overnight, but it does work over time. Slowly but surely, my daily morning routine of figuring out my dysfunctional belief systems with money and shifting and changing all the things I did, which I share all those resources and all those steps in my book. Um, eventually, everything changed. And we had a miraculous transformation in all areas of our life, not just financial. So, Cool. All right. Yeah, I was going to bring us back around to, we left your wife upstairs, but you've already brought her back down and and shared that. And I really appreciate that. So this would not be your first book. You and your wife together wrote Couples Money based on your insights as a financial and her insights from interviewing. Yeah, I love that. So she worked her way through actually interviewing these couples. When you talked about having abundance in all areas of their life, not just financial wealth, but they had wealth in all areas of their life. What's the one area that most people neglect? From a, from a wealth standpoint? Yeah, from where well, you said wealth in all areas of their life, not just money. So from feeling wealthy in all areas of their life, based on what this journey you've been on for yourself, what was the one that you neglected the most or what did you learn out of this research? I'm going to pull these two books and tie them together a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's a quote in my book and it was a transformational quote for me because I was on a journey in lots of areas of my life. And it's it's actually a Billy Graham quote where he says, once you get your attitude straight around money, it helps straighten out almost every area of your life. I mean, Billy Graham said that and that my focus was clearing up my money challenges. But through that, which I share in the book, I had to go through a significant forgiveness exercise, right? Forgiving my ex-wife, forgiving me, forgiving, you know, those things. Um, I had to face head on this you know, crazy mind virus that humans create called deservingness. Ooh, tell us more about this virus called deserving. Well, it's crazy. I mean, because like there's no deserving issues in nature, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be recessions and pandemics, but, you know, when I checked, the grass was still growing. The trees were still growing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like nature still rocks and rolls regardless of what is going out there. But us humans create this good enough, deserving, not deserving. I mean, my, my dog doesn't have a deserving issue. And so when we show up as babies, we deserve to be taken care of, loved. We cry, right? We have no deserving problem. And then somewhere in, you know, zero to four years of age, somebody tells us we're bad we're this, we're that. I heard it from teachers. I heard it right. And then we make up this story, mm. not good enough, not deserving, not 
it's nuts. So it that nuts. it's it, a, it's a chapter in my book, but but it's right. I, I had to face that. I had to just face that head on. All right. So I'm going to invite you to share that story with us. The story of that chapter where you faced head on this uh, virus called Deserving. It sounds almost like the name of a great movie, The Virus Called Deserving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it I, I just, you know, I once again was on a, a search and a journey. And, and once again, I, you know, it's not like I've arrived and I have it all figured out. I mean, I, I'm, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I use in the book I, I got from one of my coaches that, you know, we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's always things to work on, but as I was, you know, just growing and developing and peeling the, the layers of the onion back, I realized that you don't deserve to be wealthy. Okay. So that was a belief system. Absolutely. And with that, just a question, the idea you don't deserve to be wealthy can be unpacked two different ways in my mind. Tell us what you did with that. How did you interpret that sentence? Well, what I, what I, what I realized when I was making my shift was my family had struggled with money forever. Dad was broke. Mom was broke. Grandma, grandpa, like, so I didn't make myself wrong because I had some limiting beliefs and some challenges. Most of it I borrowed from my family. Right. And so, and through my personal development journey and interviewing wealthy people, you know, they had viruses too. They were programmed to have these limiting beliefs, but at some point, my, my point was age 37 they decide that's enough and enough, enough is enough. And it's time to upgrade. Like it's time to upgrade your cell phone. Right. Ah. And, and it's time to upgrade. So, so as my awareness is growing and I'm growing, I started noticing and what works for me is, you know, it's not really a limiting belief. It's more of a lie that I tell myself okay. and, and it, and it doesn't matter where the lie came from. Because I think people want to like make themselves wrong, right? They 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 want to go down this rabbit hole. They feel like, you know, and in the book, I think what I say specifically is I didn't need to hire a therapist to pull the to pull the scab off every freaking time. What you don't pay attention to falls away and eventually atrophies. So when it would pop in, I just was an observer. I noticed it. I was curious. I didn't add emotion to it. I didn't add, oh my God, there's, there's a Jackie, there's that deserving thing again. I'll never get rid of it. Like, I just was like, huh, interesting. And I would go to an affirmation or a scripture or something. I just, I got really good at like not engaging with it. And okay. then I don't know when it happened, but eventually, it just fell away. Got it. All right. That's a really important point. If I'm understanding you correctly, you gave up needing to know where it came from. I mean, I'm a firm believer that our level of beliefs, our emotional intelligence, it's caught, not taught. Nobody teaches us these things. We absorb it from our environment. So we are completely on the same page there. You had a plan for... When this thought propped up, 
well, you know, the thought of you don't deserve to be wealthy, which was sort of the life of your family because nobody was. And when that popped up, rather than trying to suppress it, which is what most people do, we call that, by the way, you know, you know the work I do in the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. When you try not to think a thought, we call that doubling down on the thought because yeah. you're actually giving it energy. Yeah. So you manage to avoid that trap and simply redirect your attention yeah. to something that pulled you in the direction you wanted to go. Because certainly that statement, you don't deserve to be wealthy, would not pull you in the actions that would get you wealth. Because we have a hard time arguing with ourselves all the time. It gets exhausting. Yeah. And so sidestepping the need to argue, eventually it falls away. So I like the fact that you found a way. And I love that you found a way to put it into steps and put it into actionable ways that people can take this journey themselves. Because I'm a do-it-yourselfer at heart. Like you, I'm a voracious reader. And there are some books that are not easy reads. I agree with you. I've got one I've been chewing on for months now. Um, it's just got a lot of a lot of neurobiological information in there that sends me to my dictionary. The reality is that it can be simple when it comes to changing your mindset. And that's really the premise behind the whole your brain on positive, the effects. This is going to be fun. All right, Chris, I'm going to take you in the Wayback Machine. All right. Make a guess. The moment that you recognized that that thought wasn't popping up anymore, any idea how long it had been? Um, from when I started becoming aware of it and when it fell away. From when you noticed that it was no longer popping up to the last time it actually had popped up. How long do you think that you went without just even being aware that it was gone? I mean, it was probably six to nine months. I mean, that's just that's just that's just a guess. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, it 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 no longer had any pull or power with me because I I withdrew. Mm -hmm. you know, my attention from it. So that's when I, and I say in the book, I'm like, I don't even know when it really fell away because yeah. it just eventually <laughs> fell away. I don't, I don't have, it doesn't, it doesn't run me anymore. Thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big one for people. What you did actually is a neuroscience based process that I'm going to just geek for a minute with everybody. Sure. Love it. When the thought pops up, and especially at first when there's emotion around the thought. And instead of arguing with it or trying to suppress it, you just notice it and acknowledge it and then redirect your attention. What you're actually doing is pulling all of that electrical current away from that old neuro pathway and redirecting that energy into the new one, which is why having the new one at the ready is so important. What was, you said you went to an affirmation or to a scripture. Did you have a favorite affirmation or scripture? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a story in my book under the chapter. I think this, I think the story's lined up with the chapter on affirmation. And, um, it, it's a, it's a powerful story. Um, of I attract success, abundance and peace into my life because that is who I am. Ooh. Okay. So it, the affirmation, I attract success, 
Money, abundance. Abundance. Okay. Success, abundance, and peace because that's who I am. Yeah. I attract success, abundance, and peace into my life because that is who I am. And if you'll, if you want to hear the story on that, um, yeah, please. Yeah. So I, I had, once again, I had a, I had affirm it, right? Because I think the big thing, Jackie, is, you know, when my back was against the wall, my wife's like, figure this out or I'm out the door. And, you know, I had all those things. I, I had to make the connection that my thinking was creating my world. Like it was no longer debatable. And so it being that way, you know, one of my favorite things I tell people is pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And the analogy I always give is, you know, if it's two in the morning and somebody breaks into your house, how, how alert are you? Like you are full on alert. And I knew I had to be alert to that thinking, that head trash, that stuff. And so and I just had to buy, I mean, I had to buy into it. I had to finally trust that my thinking created my world. Cause I debated that for a little bit, but based on results, as my coach used to say, based on results, what must you be thinking? And so I went, I tracked success, abundance of peace in my life. Cause that is who I am. And I gave myself a break because I think the other thing, Jackie is people have affirmations and then they're like, well, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Looking for the tangible evidence that the affirmation is making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to looking inside and saying, Am I feeling more peaceful? Yeah. And, you know, so I did that for years where I'm like, Okay, I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. I said it a million times. Where is it? Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? And and my coach is like, Chris, chill the out (laughs) and relax, which that could be a whole nother podcast. Chill out and relax. Relax, calm down, do what you can do today. Um, but I just, so I just kept saying it and I didn't need to get affirmation on it. And I probably said it a thousand times. Anyway, so things started turning around for us. We tripled our income. I mean, just unbelievable financial blessings, just super blessed. My wife was a ginormous part of that, obviously, with the tactics. And there's some game plan stuff in the book too, some how to's that are very important. Anyway, so we bought a, we bought a uh, condo in Keystone, Colorado, or in the mountains, Rocky Mountains. And I imaged and visualized that and I visualized my kids waking up in bunk beds in the summer when they're visiting me and all that stuff happened. All that stuff happened. And we're along the Snake River. There was this incredible path and you'd see moose with their babies. I mean, it's just unbelievable blessing. And I was coming back. And I remember right where I was, I get goosebumps every time I think about this. And I stopped my run and I just was overwhelmed because I was finally that. I was, right? I attract success, peace, and abundance into my life because that is who I am. And right there, I said, oh my God, it's true. It It works. The law works. Like I am finally that. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time. And I trusted the process. And I mean, I I remember I just I went, I went, I grabbed my knees, full on tears, um, just an unbelievable feeling. Um, because p- part of my book is is 
making people aware that the work is worth it. And I think a lot of people debate, is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be, is it going to work out for me? My coach is like, Chris, it's a law. Like if you affirm this and you stay on and you do the work and you, you stay committed to it, things are going to change. And it, it was, just, it was that moment of my God, I am abundance. I am peace. I am success. That's what we were built to be. And when we get out of our own way, it happens, but it was a freaking amazing, amazing moment in my life. The recognition of the chicken and the egg, what comes first, the emotional state or the experience? Most people are saying, after I have the house, after I have the bank account the way I want it, after I have my relationship the way I want it, then I will feel good about myself. And yet the process is backward. It's the other way. Yep. Do you have? Yep. I love the fact that you tapped into what this feels like before you felt it and you owned it. Yeah, I love that because that's who I am. I think if nothing else comes out of this for the people listening to this podcast episode, Chris, because that's who you are. And That's who everyone is. This is not a zero-sum game. It's not that Chris Feldon now has money and other people don't because of that. It doesn't work that way. Abundance is abundance for all. And that's a relatively new concept for mainstream media to wrap their heads around because what we're getting, the messages from the world, is the opposite of that. It's if they win, you lose. This whole win-loss, what you experienced was outside of that dynamic. So I love the fact that you are bringing out this book, that it will help people get out of the somebody wins, somebody loses, and into I get to win internally first. And then the external world will line up which is what you said happened with even the concept of the book. You got in alignment internally with, I'm writing the book. And externally, the universe lined up and the support that you needed showed up without you even looking for it. It's a beautiful thing to bring forward, Chris. Yep. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. So, so, I'm going to take and just touch for a little bit about the journey to be an author and have you share what this is, because you are doing this book in a very planned way. And I'm fascinated just for context. My first book went from concept to printed and in my hand in three weeks. Wow. So your book is a process of more than a year and the planning that allows for you to have a launch coming up that is like a certain outcome the outcome is certain because of you know it's like if a plus b plus c d is a given what is the what are the steps of putting this plan together 
You mean the launch plan or just, hey, I want to write a book? Yeah. Um, let's take it either direction. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the, the book, once once again, I mean, I, I got mentored by, you know, a truly world-class person who, you know, I mean, I would literally write a concept, send it to him. We would just chew on it, gnaw on it. And uh, his philosophy has always been make the first draft impeccable. And then drafts two, three, four, five will be good. But um, and the books he's written sold, you know, three or four million copies didn't have the personal stories attached to them. So if you're if you're going to write a book, make sure you got the personal stories to it. Um, but what I've also learned is authors write the book and then they're like, OK, there's the book. Hey, everyone, I got a book and everybody yawns. So I have a, a pretty detailed, you know, book launch plan that's, you know, four, four and a half months of of focus. This is obviously part of it, Jackie. Thanks for including me on your show. Um, but, you know, people suffer from intention deficit syndrome, right? <laughs> in de- in- intention deficit disorder. So, you know, I wrote it and my... My goal, you know, when I was at age 50 going, okay, I'm not getting out of this thing alive. Chris, what do you want to do the rest of your life? And the word that hit me from above is impact. Ah. Right. That's, that's my word. So, and the number that hit me is 10 million or more people to be impacted. And that, you know, that came. I, that, so that, your I, intention I, behind the book is to impact 10 million or more people. Yeah. And so it's going to be, you know, the book, um, speaking workshops, you know, just, just all of that. And it's, it's getting, uh, it's getting my message out into the world. And, and like I said, it, I don't think the topics are unique, but I really do believe that my point of view and my application is unique because it's, it's, it's from a very, it's from a very heartfelt place. Um, it's very much, you know, like I said, me sharing my dirty laundry around it. Um, so, you know, the affirmation I tell myself is, you know, I sell a million or more books. So is it so I can get recognition of selling a million books? No. Um, book sales is a measure of impact. Mm -hmm. And if I want to have impact, I need to have something that I can measure and a goal I can go after so it's a it's a big one. People roll their eyes a little bit when I say it, um, but that's never bothered me before. And I I think um, I think it's a book that's going to make a big impact because I think the other thing too is the way it's written. You can look at the table of contents and go, God, you know what? I got a worry problem. How did Chris move past worry? Let me go through those steps. Right? Ah, I'm I'm hung up on forgiveness again. Dang it. What did Chris do to forgive his ex-wife? What were those steps he went through? So, you know, it's not like we're ever forever going to be unstuck, but I think people are going to look at this book and they're going to be able to come back to it time and time and time again and get themselves, you know, unstuck. So anyway, I'm kind of talking in circles. I don't know if I'm even answering your question. Yeah, but well, You're doing a great job because but, what the intention behind the question is, what are the steps that lead to a book being written and a book then becoming a bestseller? 
And intention is the missing piece for most people. They're not clear enough because they're, you can write a book to write a book. You know, I wrote a book to be able to have a workbook that would go with my course. So, you know, my first book is literally a quick start guide. It's a workbook that goes with a course on sales. And that was, it was the missing piece that I couldn't get from my own trainings and business trainings and what other people were teaching. I'm like, nobody's teaching me how to do this part. So I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do a course on it. And then I wrote the book to go with the course and they kind of merged together. So that was my intention was just to fix what I saw as a problem in the world. Your intention is to fix the problem in the world with the intention of how many people you're going to impact. And I think that that was the missing piece for me. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because it might actually solve a lot of problems for people who are part of our positivity movement, who are looking to bring more positive messages into the world, measuring, having something you can actually aspire to that you can measure. I think is really important. And I love what you brought up about the idea of not having an original thought, but having an original take on the thought. I've I've summed it up as I've been blessed to study ordinary things with extraordinary people. And Chris, I think you are one of those extraordinary people. And so while the pieces of the puzzle may feel a little commonplace to you. I believe that the way you put the picture together is completely extraordinary. And I just want to thank you for being brave enough to do that and and ballsy enough to have a big intention for it. Yeah. Well, I thanks, Jackie. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that because, you know, you uh, when you're an entrepreneur and you go out there, you, you never know how people are going to respond. You don't know if it's any good, right? Or if you're any good, like, you know, people are, I have doubts, I have concern, I have all that stuff. So I, I appreciate your affirmation. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's my prayer is, uh, you know, people can get to this stuff in the fraction of the time it took me to get there. And uh, with a, a <laughs> definitely a fraction of the investment. Um, and so hopefully it, it speeds up the process for everybody. Well, that is the intention of this podcast, Chris. So I'm delighted that our intentions align. We want to help everyone get to a place of knowing their abundance, of getting past the, I have to work to deserve it, to the understanding that we are born deserving. And that was just a lovely piece I want to pull out and highlight because That one thought change could change the world, Chris. Yep. So thank you very much for being part of the show. Yeah. Thank you, sister. Ah, you're welcome. We'll have all the links for everyone in the chat notes, in the show notes. So stay tuned because we'll have a follow up with Chris and find out what it really feels like to see your intentions become your reality. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community 
So we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 